Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Fantastic. Can you guys just give it up for Lord Jesus one time? Now, I know some of you are pretty near close to perfect, but if he saves you from your sin, from yourself, from eternal damnation and hell and separation from him, can you praise him like you know he has? Oh, man, I'm going to, oh, there's a religious principality that just resides over West Michigan, and I am dying to gut him. I'm living my life to gut him, where pastors, the, 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 the shout and excitement for us is minimal compared to our excitement and our shout for King Jesus. Amen? Come on. You better never, ever, ever, and I said ever, have a day in your life where you make more noise for me or any other preacher than you do for the King of Heaven. Amen? It's who he is. And I'm going to say it week in and week out until the praise for me is like, nah, he's all right. And then when I say Jesus, we're like, yeah. You know, amen? Yeah. Come on. And can we just give it up for takeover worship? What a phenomenal time in worship. Wow. Just, just tenderizing. Just a tenderizing moment where he takes us and he puts us back in his hands and in his presence we become tenderized, we become malleable in the potter's hands and he is able, somebody say he is able, and he is able to make us into a vessel that can hold his glory, that can hold his power, that can hold his love, amen? I love Jesus. Does anybody love Jesus in the house? Come on. And let me tell you, friends, that's how you celebrate women a biblical, non-woke way. Amen? So you let all culture know. Take over church, don't give a rip. Okay? There are men and there are women, and they cannot be each other. Someone's new today going, whoa. And I'm going, yeah. We believe the Bible in the beginning. God created man and woman. Anyways, um... It's going to be good. But are you excited for the Word of God this morning? Who came hungry? Who came to eat today? Come on. Get your hunger pads out. Get ready to take notes. Can you guys give it up for my lovely bride, Pastor Adrienne, who brought a great word last week? Come on. The blessed life. It was amazing. Devouring the Beatitudes. So good. But if you're taking notes, we are in a year-long prophetic journey together called fire upon the earth that really just comes out of Luke 12 49 where Jesus states his chief goal is to set fire upon the earth through his baptism of fire the Holy Spirit upon his church his bride his body his people in the earth amen so I got any people in the house ready to be burned this morning come on light me up God light me up well this morning I think we're like week 11 but I'm gonna quit saying what week it is because I don't care at this point but the title of my message, if you're taking notes, are you ready? Yeah. Words on fire. Words on fire. Words on fire. Would you just turn to your neighbor and ask them, are your words on fire? These words are on fire. All right. Got your Bibles? Who's got their B-I-B-L-E? It's the book for me. Look at this. I brought my N-E-T today. Look at that. That's huge. You know what I call this? That's my heathen choker. All right. Praise God. 
Anyways, coming out of the book of Acts this morning, so get your act together and find the book of Acts. Coming out of Acts 2, 1 through 21. I'm not a dad yet, but I got dad jokes. All right, I'm going to read it, and uh, I believe Adrian is holding it down in the back, and he'll have it up on the Sky Bible. Can you guys just give it up for Kenny and Adrian holding it down? Oh, man. There ain't no spring forward that can rob us of the glory. Amen? Come on. Light us up, Lord. Wake us up, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Acts 2, 1 through 21. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from them a heaven sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and they were astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that, that when we hear each of us in his own native language, Corinthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and all these other places that we're just going to skip, Visitors with Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, I thought I was skipping them. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So good. Sorry, my iPad is freaking out. There it is. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked them and said, they are filled with a new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, he lifted up his voice and he addressed them, Men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Give ear to my words, it's on sight. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spear on there we go. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall share dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great magnificent day, and it shall come to pass." that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise him. So we're going to pray, and we're going to let the Lord reveal that to us. Amen? Come. Father God, we thank you for this morning. King Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. And thank you for resurrecting. And thank you for ascending and sending the Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you for all the works you've done in our lives thus far. We thank you for the work that you've started this morning. And Father, we know and we recognize and we tell our soul that you are faithful to complete what you have started on the inside of us, Lord. So this morning, Father, I ask for a mighty work, Lord. Tenderize us tenderize your saints tenderize us lord make us malleable in the potter's hands god shape us for your glory shape us to be a vessel god that can handle and hold and steward well that which you give us lord we ask today god that we would not have any of this west michigan religion in our lives god that we would butcher the sacred cows of our region lord and we would taste and see from the one true living god
Today, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come like a mighty wind. We ask that you would light our words on fire. And we ask today, God, that you would do what only you can do, and that is set a bride on fire for your glory. God, we lay down and we give you our lives. We submit fully to you. We will not be a people who play the game but don't live the life. We will not be a people whose words sound like Jesus but don't have the fire of Jesus. God, we, we, we will not we will not run the religious rat race of our day. We are your bride. Come burn upon us in Jesus' mighty name. Faithful church said. Amen. Amen. All right. Words on fire. Words on fire. Words on fire. Okay, we're going to get straight to it today. Sound good? I love the Bible. Anybody else love the Bible? Apparently my jacket does not love preaching. So just, sorry, 2.5. I love the Bible. I love the word of God. And I believe right now, right now, friends, is a time where you have got to get this on the inside of you. You have got to get this on the inside of you. The hour is too late. The times are too dark. Things are too bad outside. And gone are the days of passive, just getting by Christianity. This is ride or die Christianity. Amen. This is turning and burning Christianity. Not turn or burn, but turning into the burning. Amen. And I just want to let you know straight up off the jump right now because we'll get to it in a moment in the book of Acts. Friends, you need to be ready because there are people who call themselves Christians, but they remain unburned by the Christ and the unburned will ultimately turn on the burning. The unburned will ultimately turn on the burning. Don't you ever allow yourself to get confused about your passion, your zeal, and your fervent fire for the most high God, Jesus Christ, because those around you have remained untouched by the flame and try to convince you that your radicalism, your zeal, your passion, your believing the word of God to be the living true word of God, amen. Don't you ever let them talk you out of what God has spoken to you preaching anybody this morning don't you ever don't you ever don't you ever the bible is the living word of god holy spirit is the living spirit of god that rose christ jesus from the dead that god sent to you hear me today the word of god is the only book in history where the author has to be present for you to read it. Do you hear me? Can I get a witness? So let's talk about Jesus. You see, two weeks ago when I was preaching, I told you, I gave you a roadmap of where we were going. The Lord was like, you want to see a bride on fire? Here is the roadmap. And he's never done that before. Like, he'll give me a heart for a series. He'll give me a word for a season. He'll do these things. And then week in, he's like, no, 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 you're not mature enough yet. Just follow me a little closely. <laughs> and so he'll give me, like, the message, you know, the week over, the week before, and slowly started growing. But actually, he's given me, like, now through summer. Like, it's going to be nuts. So get ready. Buckle up, buttercup, because we're going after it. Amen. And so last time I preached two weeks ago, we were in the book of Acts, we were in Acts 1, and in order to go on to Acts 2 this morning, we have got to rest on something that I didn't have a chance to hit last time because the Lord was like, listen bro, they bought in, let me come, I'm going to fall into place, we're going to do the whole crazy thing. Y'all remember that week? It was nuts. It was great. That's what God does. So I was like, skirt, let's go. 
But one of the things that we have got to understand about Acts 1 is what Jesus says. And Jesus says to his disciples, he says, stay, wait, remain in Jerusalem until the power and promise of God comes from on high. And the promise of God is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit fills you and clothes you with dunamis. What is that? Intrinsic God capability and power for your lives. Amen. Amen. So it was amazing. And I love this passage, and I think one of the things that really is going to illuminate it for us today, make it come alive for us today, give us a divine revelation of it today, is if we begin to understand when Jesus says, I ordered them to stay, wait, and remain in Jerusalem until God delivers his promise of the Holy Spirit and power, we have got to get right with God today and understand Jesus only has orders. He doesn't have suggestions. Jesus only has orders. He doesn't have suggestions. Jesus only has commandments. He doesn't have advice. He only has heavenly, holy, dunamis, divine, powerful commandments. He doesn't have self-help advice. And so when Jesus says, I ordered them, how many of you know what comes next can only come off the backside of their obedience to his order? What comes to happen next in Acts 2 can only come off the backside of obedience to his order to stay, wait, and remain until. Amen? And why do you think that is? Because Jesus' ordination only comes Hear me today. Jesus' ordination only comes by our obedience to his orders. Jesus' ordination only comes by our obedience to his orders. Let me talk to you. Pastor Matt, what is an ordination? I'm glad you asked. Jesus' ordination is this. An ordination is to authorize, to empower, to clothe, to give permission to, to give access to heavenly, ministerial, and priestly power. Are you hearing me? That's what Jesus' ordination is. Whenever there was an ordination and ordaining that took place. It was to authorize, clothe, empower, set to, give unto, so you can walk in and walk out what? Heavenly, ministerial, and priestly power and authority. But Jesus' ordination only comes off the backside of our obedience to his what? His orders. His orders. You see, one of the things that I think that we get really confused all the time, and specifically even in this verse, is that for some reason, we think God is underneath some twisted obligation that even when we don't follow his orders, he should still remain faithful to his word. What? We're underneath this idea, this twisted unholy, uninspired, not word of God that we think for whatever reason we can live in blatant disregard and disobedience to his word and yet he should remain faithful to his word. 
Problem is he's always faithful to his word, but in his word is what? A response for us to his orders. It's called obedience. It's called faithfulness. Why isn't God showing up? When was the last time you showed up? Well, I just thought God would do it all for me. He already did on the cross with Jesus. The Holy Spirit at Pentecost. You see, one of the things that I think we get real twisted about Jesus is we think he is a really, really, really good life coach. He's not your life coach. He's your risen Christ. He's your sacrificial lamb. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. He has no life coach lessons. All he has are words that breathe resurrection. Preaching to anybody this morning. And so when Jesus, he tells the disciples, he goes, listen, listen. Between resurrection and ascension, Jesus spends 40 days appearing to 500 disciples. Hear me today. Paul says in Corinthians, Jesus saw and showed himself and revealed himself and told them 500 of them. 500 disciples. We get so twisted because we hear the words 12 disciples, 12 disciples, 12 disciples. No, 12 were the beginning. By the time Jesus rose again, he had 500 and only 120 of them were found faithfully remaining obedient to his word to stay and remain in Jerusalem in the upper room until God shows. Do you know what that tells me? It's entirely possible to be a Christian, to hear the word of God and remain unobedient to it. You know what that also shows me? It's entirely possible to be a Christian, to hear the word of God, not just hear the word of God, but receive the word of God and remain faithful to it. And then God actually fulfills what he said he would. You see, there's a massive difference that we have got to get our minds around this morning between hearing the word of God and receiving the word of God. We're trying to grow great hearers of the word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's do it again. Faith comes by and hearing by the Praise God. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. You and me together, baby. We're going to burn for this guy. We're going to burn for this Lord. We're going to burn for this lamb. Amen. But there's a massive difference. Why? Because so many of us have heard the word of God and remained completely unfazed by it. But those of us that have received the word of God, now we've been completely burned by it. We've been completely transformed by it. We've been completely changed by it. Amen. How many of you know, so many of us, we have heard things so many times and haven't been obedient to it. Like, I'm going I'm to be a little bit honest this morning. How many of you have had a word from God, whether that was in the word of God that God said, this is for you and this is what you're to do with it, whether you were in church and the Holy Spirit spoke to you and was like, this is the word I have for you and this is what you're supposed to do in this moment, or a friend has come to you, a trusted brother and sister, yeah, start putting your hands up as I name them. A friend or a brother or sister in Christ has come to you and said, hey, I feel like the Lord told me this, it's for you, here's what you're to do. How many of you have had that moment? Do I have any Christians in the house? There we go. Because it's happened to me. My hand's staying up. Okay, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. So everyone with their hands down, you've never received a word from the Lord, not even come and follow me. Not even when he called you to come live for him. No, no, keep your hands up. There we go. 
All right, and then how many of us, we have had moments with King Jesus, where we've had moments with words, we've had words on fire given to us, and then we just kind of went on to live life as, as we were. Hand up. My hand's staying up. And how many of us went like, wow, that was a really cool God moment, yet our Monday was the same? How many of us left that conference going, I'm on fire, but none of us actually gave up sleeping with our boyfriend or girlfriend? Like, put your hands down. Yo, pastor's a narc. I am. To the Lord. Friends, what we fail to see is that Jesus, he doesn't have divine suggestions. He has heavenly orders. He has kingdom commands. And they demand our obedience if you're going to see the fruit of his word lived out in your life. You see, one of the things that I think we get starkly wrong about this moment is that we fail to understand prophecy. We fail to understand prophecy. We fail to understand the prophetic. We fail to understand prophesying in the name of the Lord. Now hear me today, church. We're going to break this down. It's going to be loads of fun. I'm pumped. But we fail it because for whatever reason, we don't seem to understand this vernacular. We live in a time and a place right now where the word prophetic, the word prophecy, the word prophesy is safe for all those crystal-shaking shakabuka doofuses out there, okay, with the tie-dye shirts doing their thing. You act like I'm wrong. Stop. You know it's true. You drive by, what is there? Tie-dye, tarot cards, demons. We all know it, okay? But we hear the prophetic, we hear someone giving a prophecy, we hear these things, or we think of like televangelists who are on YouTube getting everything wrong, just stirring up a fuss and trying to work people into just losing their minds over something so silly and small, right? right? These are the things that come to mind because unfortunately in 2023, the word prophetic, prophecy, and prophesy are not common vernacular. And so the bride of Christ today, we get stuck on stupid because we don't know what the Holy Spirit came to do. Preaching anybody this morning? Y'all got to quit letting me have a, a week off and I won't come with the spankings next time, okay? Like, it's just a part of what I do. But we've been stuck on stupid because the church for too long, we were like, you know what? This is hard to explain. This is hard to understand. I can't really make this all make sense in 45 minutes. And so we're just going to kind of give you uh, a bunch of regurgitated self-help lessons and uh, that will keep you coming back week after week, nursing on a little bit of church, keeping a seat warm while leaving you completely unchanged. Problem is, I would rather teach you about prophecy. I'd rather teach you about tongues of fire. I'd rather teach you about the word of God. I'd rather ignite you with the Holy Spirit. And I would rather see you live changed, burning lives because pastors are insecure and they think if they don't keep you broken, you won't keep coming back. And if you don't keep coming back, you don't keep tithing. But I know what Jesus knew, what the Holy Spirit is saying, what Peter, Paul, and everybody else knows. If we set you on fire, you know where your fire comes from and you will remain faithful to the church. Those people living off, living off self-health lessons, they're only showing up every five weeks anyways. For a heavenly handout and a Jesus jump, they ain't really with it. 
but the burning ones. They know where their fire is used. They know where their fire comes from. And they know it's better to collectively burn than have an individual spark that simmers and flickers and looks cool by themselves, but ultimately fizzles out. Preaching to anybody this morning. Preaching to anybody this morning. Friends, I am not interested in you having a journey of self-discovery. I am interested in you being in process of self-denial. The world doesn't need another Christian Instagrammer on their journey of self-discovery. What the kingdom of heaven needs is what God demands from his throne, is what he says is best for his world, is that there would be a burning bright in it. And that she wouldn't be about self-discovery. She'd be about savior discovery and self-denial. Pick up your cross and carry me. Yeah, I got my Jesus piece on. No, a cross is a torture device. Jesus is my homeboy. Please, can we quit trying to make him palpable finally? Can we not see how stupid that is? The only way Jesus is palpable is when he says, this is my body broken for you and this is my blood poured out for you. Taste and see. Taste and drink. See that I am merciful, I am faithful, and I am everything I said I am and more. That's who he is. And so we got to realize that when Jesus says, stay, wait, and remain, these aren't just orders and these aren't just commands. They're prophetic words. They're prophetic words. See, this is how you begin to get your mind wrapped around prophecy, is that you begin to understand every time God opens his mouth, it's prophecy. Why? Because every word from the lips of God is filled with creative power. Every word from the lips of God is filled with creative power. I appreciate anybody this morning. Are we getting after it or are we getting after it? You're going to invite somebody to come with you to church next week? Are we putting out more chairs? Come on. I'm not letting Asbury have all the spirit. I want him. So when Jesus, he tells the disciples, stay, wait, and remain. And Paul affirms that he said to 500 disciples the same. And yet on the 10th day of Pentecost, when the spirit comes, when the tongues of fire come, when the wind comes and the room shakes and everything goes down and everything changes, we know there's 120 of them left in the upper room. That means 380 of them heard the same prophetic word from heaven and chose not to be obedient to it, chose not to walk in it. Friends, can I break down prophecy for you real easy? Now there's more to it, and we'll get to that in a second. But prophecy is an invitation from God, hear me, the prophetic, prophesy, prophecy, words of heaven, words of knowledge, words of healing, all of these things, all of these vernaculars. Prophecy is an invitation from the lips of God for you to co-labor and co-create with him. Yeah. Hear me today. Prophecy is an invitation from the lips of God for you. Yes, you. If you are in Christ Jesus, yes, you. To co-create and co-labor with what he desires to see in the earth through your life. I appreciate anybody this morning. This is helping you out. 
because here's the deal, 380 of them received the same invitation from Jesus in his newly resurrected divine body. The one that he was so different yet had all the scars that he had to reveal himself to his disciples to for them to believe. His own brother didn't even come to believe in him as Lord and Savior until those 40 days in between resurrection and ascension. That's who he is. And 380 of them had that interaction with Jesus, had that moment of prophecy from Jesus where he said, if you stay and if you wait and if you remain in Jerusalem until you are clothed with dunamis power from heaven and the Holy Spirit, the promise of God comes upon you, you will receive and you will be my witnesses in all the earth. Amen? But 380 of them heard the same word and lived in their disobedience. Lived a disobedient life. Lived in disobedience to the word of God. Friends, we have got to get this understanding on the inside of us that if it's coming from the word of God, if it's coming from the spirit of God, if it's coming from in church and you just hear the spirit of God saying to you, man, this is what God has for you. If it lines up with his written word of God because he doesn't contradict himself. He is not a liar. What? God is true. Let every man be a liar. That's what the scripture says. That's what he says about himself. And I'm willing to risk it on him and not on you. Amen? And then if you have a friend and they come to you, a brother and sister in Christ, who you know are firmly rooted in Christ Jesus, and they say, I believe God is saying this to you. I believe God is saying this to you. These are examples of prophecy. Word of knowledge, word of healing, word of faith. I believe God is saying this. All of these things. And what I'm going to say next is this. Test it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Test it. Do not talk yourself out of it. Are you hearing me this morning? Or are you receiving me this morning? Are you hearing? Or are you receiving See, receiving is when you authorize, you cosign, you take what's been given to you, and then you go and you have ownership and you walk it out in your life. Hearing it is easy, taking and receiving and walking out, a whole another story. Are you hearing me or are you receiving me this morning? Listen. Test it. Don't talk yourself out of it. You see, every time a Christian, we hear, oh, you got to test that, brother. You better test that word, brother. You better test that word, sister. They could be a fallen vessel. They could be broken. They could be leaking. You don't know that preacher could have some secret sin in his life. You don't know what has been polluting his well. Y'all don't know who I'm talking about? We all know that guy. At least I know a lot of those guys. I have friends with a lot of those guys. Anyways. But every time we say that, we hear that in church, all of a sudden we start looking for ways that the prophetic word given to us can't be real. We start trying to disqualify, discard, and, and, and take ourselves out of what God is speaking over our lives. And I'm here to tell you today, test the word of God. Don't talk yourself out of the word of God. How do you do that, Pastor Matt? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, Paul told Timothy, he says, you better test every spirit. How do you do that? Well, does what this person, is what they're saying or what you're hearing line up with his written word of God? If you are getting something from Rhema, the spirit of the living God, the living word, what the Holy Spirit speaks to his people, if you're getting Rhema, it better line up with what? The written Logos word of God. Logos is the wor written word of God. Rhema is the spirit speaking word of God. Amen? 
It's when the logos comes alive. It's called rhema. Now, that's one way of doing it. Two, if you're at a grocery store and you happen to be married, but somebody comes up to you and says, I believe God told me I'm supposed to be your husband. Well, then you just say, I already liked it, so I put a ring on it. You know, like, back on up, bro. You're wrong. You got to test it. You got to test it. But don't talk yourself out of it. Can, you, can I tell you something this morning? You're like, you've been telling us stuff this whole time. Let me tell you. God always honors the testing of his word. What he does not honor is talking yourself out of his word. If he knows that you're taking time to test his word, his hand of power remains over that word. It remains over your life. You're not missing a window of opportunity. He is holding it because you are being faithful to do what his word says and test every spirit. But if you begin to just talk yourself out of it, disqualify yourself out of it, say, this couldn't be me because of this. This couldn't be me because of that. I came from this kind of place. I come from these kind of people. I got this much sin in my life. I'm doing this, this, that, and the other thing. Man, I've been saved six months. Whatever it is that you try to disqualify yourself out of God doesn't honor that because prophetically he is calling you into a deeper calling in a deeper place and friends God's word is not wasted on you hear me hear me and receive this God does not waste his words when he speaks, it comes with all of heaven's universe creating power behind it. It is filled with that which takes darkness and sparks and bursts life and light and creation into it. Amen? So some of you today, you need to hear this. I feel the Holy Ghost all over this. God hasn't wasted his word on you. God didn't waste his word when he called you. God didn't waste his word on you when he called you out of that addiction. God didn't waste his word on you when he called you to the mission field of your marriage. God didn't waste his word on you when he called you out of promiscuity and life night and all of these things that you were getting into, the beds you were sleeping in, all the things he's pulled you out of. God did not waste his words on you when he called you from the pits and into his holy grace. God did not waste his words on you when Jesus said it is finished God didn't waste his words praise him for me God didn't waste his words we don't have a God that wastes his words and so Jesus said stay wait all of this good stuff and 120 of them do and all of a sudden all of a sudden, I love how the Bible says, all of a sudden. No, it was 10 days later, which is nuts. But that's how God rules. He's like, dude, I've been, you know, I've been around a long time. It's all of a sudden to me. <laughs> it's all of a sudden to me. I wouldn't even count. I was counting seconds, and all of a sudden, 10 days went by for y'all. 10 days goes by. And I don't know if the 500 all got to the, the upper room in this moment. They were all there faithfully attending on day one. But what I do know is that what happened with the revealing to 500 shook down to that which cannot be shaken that will remain the 120. Friends, today, can I tell you, some of you, you need to start receiving. And then it's not going to be enough to receive. You've got to remain. You're going to come against some things in life. 
You're going to come against some relationships. You're going to come against some hard financial times. You're going to come across some of these things where the calling looks too big. The sacrifice that he's asking from you looks like it's too much. Man, give it up for that person who gave up nicotine on Wednesday. Come on. Come on. Man, I wish more of the church, not just our church, but the church at large would realize we got to hate our sin and love holiness. Come on, I love Jesus more than I love pornography. I love Jesus more than I love adultery. I love Jesus more than I love hate. I love Jesus more than I love unforgiveness. I love Jesus more, amen? But you're going to find moments where you're going to be tested like that, called out of things like that, offered and given an invitation to co-create and co-labor with God in some great things in your life and for the earth that you are called to live in. But you're going to have opportunities to cut and run and be like the 380, but you're called to remain like the 120. You got to receive and you got to remain. You got to till until, friends. You got to till until. There are people in this room that have been called to have babies. Adrian and I included prophesied that we have a little Nazarene running around in our mezzanine. That's what it was said. By someone who doesn't really know our story a whole lot. In the middle of 5,000 other people. Friends, you got to receive and you got to remain. You can't just hear it and let it fall on deaf ears. No, you got to cultivate a good soil that is able to receive the seed of heaven that God is trying to put on the inside of you. And then you got to remain faithful to it. You got to till it. You got to water it. You got to pray over it. You got to steward it. Oh, let's talk about stewardship. See, prophetic words can't just be heard. They can't just be received. They got to be remained in. And how you remain is how you steward it. Now, again, we live in a time and place where certain things aren't common vernacular. Someone's like, what does stewardship mean? I'm like, it's not even a Bible word. Like, that's just an actual good word, like, that we should all learn because it's great. But what is stewardship? Stewardship simply means to manage well. To manage well, to occupy, to obey, to fulfill, to take at face value and go yes and amen to. Amen? That's what stewardship means. Problem is, we got pastors who are saying these words. We ain't taking five seconds to explain to y'all what it means because we live in 2023. And right now, literally, we are losing definitions by the day. Our world can't even tell you what a a woman is. Okay? She's the one that God gave a womb to. Just in case you need to know. Send the emails. I don't care. Unfollow. I don't care. Stand before God one day. You'll care. Now y'all got me all messed up. Stewardship. Stewardship is managing the prophetic words spoken over you well. I firmly believe, friends, in our ministry and in our church, the Lord is about to birth open, reign open, come down with a gift of prophecy on our church like none other, like we've never seen in our region before. Friends, you think I'm just a student of the game? I'm a student of the game, but I'm a steward of the word, and I'm a steward of our region, and I stand here, and I've looked, and I've researched, and we've never had a revival in this area. Never. Never. Literally. George Whitfield, who ran and led the great first and second awakening in the 13 colonies, he came to Ohio and Michigan, and he was like, it's like the Lord didn't even create this place. It's like he's never been here. That's how dry 
these dry bones are. But how many know we're going to raise up a prophetic bride that's going to prophesy to these dry bones that she can live. Amen. It's got to be more than a song. It's got to be more than Ezekiel's prophecy. It's got to be a way of life for us. And that's what God's getting ready to birth now. But you got to steward it. You've got to steward it. You've got to occupy it. It's not enough for you to hear it. It's not enough for you to take it with you. You've got to occupy. You've got to steward. You've got to remain. You've got to sit in it. You don't give up till the ghost comes. You don't give up till the ghost comes. You see, it's not enough to simply be told, stay and wait, and the promise of God's going to be open on your life, and the Holy Spirit's going to come. No, 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 you can be told that, and you can hear that, and you can be like the 380, and you can up and leave that, or you can be the 120, and you can receive that, and then you steward it. You see, here's Peter leading the charge, and Peter can I tell you the difference between the 120 and the 380? The 120 understood that the privilege of their life is to be serving and found in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you what the problem with the bride is today? She has lost her understanding that it is the privilege of her life to be found in Christ Jesus. Friends, what Jesus did for you on the cross and continues to do for you from his throne, you could not earn, you could not talk your way into, you could not hustle so hard to arrive there, you could not pay for it, you could not earn it. And yet you are there. He has taken your broken, desolate, useless bodies and he has turned it into a temple for his Holy Spirit. Friends, you are by definition holy ground. And you couldn't achieve that for yourselves. I couldn't achieve that for myself. And yet so many of us, we have lost sight. We've lost heart. We've lost conviction. Serving God is the privilege of our life. Well, Pastor Matt, I'm not a pastor like you. What do you do? What do you do? Not just your vocation, but what is your calling? What did God say to you prophetically that you are called to walk in, live in, operate out of? What has he said to you? What raised your dry bones from the dead to live in Christ Jesus? What did he say to you? Because that, that, my friends, that's your calling. That's who you are. That's what you're made to do. And it's the privilege of your life. Some of us, it's a privilege of your life to be found in the prayer closet. Some of you, you were born to be intercessors. And I can't wait to talk about that over the springtime, the intercessor ministry. But you were called to this. You were called to the obscurity, to the unseen, to the hidden ministries. You were called to be contending for pastors and leaders, nations and kings in prayer. And you're going to feel silly and you're going to think you look stupid. But the only person for you to be judged by in that room is God. And he doesn't judge you as stupid. He judges you as faithful. Amen. Appreciate anybody this morning. Well, I just look silly. I'm just in my closet all day for five hours on Tuesday because it's my day off. This is so dumb. Am I even doing anything? You may not see the ripples from where you're kneeling, but God sees the waves from where he's seated. Am I appreciate anybody this morning? Shoot. I, I just, I want to mess you up today. That's my game plan. I came to ruin your life. I want to ruin my life. I want to ruin your life. And I just want us to be a whole community of people who have ruined our lives for Jesus. It's going to be awesome. 
God, why did you give up your 401k? Why did you give up your paying job? Why did you sell your house so you wouldn't be house poor? Jesus, run that by me one more time. His name's Jesus. <sighs> that's the testimony. That's who we are. And that's the truth of someone who's in this room today. I'm not gonna make eye contact with them to, you know, I don't wanna out them, but they're over there. Anyways. But that's who he is. And so these 120, they decided to steward the word of God well. And what happens? Suddenly, the ground began to shake. The room that they were in began to just get rattled. A mighty rushing wind came in, and they were like, what is going on? And before they could finish the sentence, they start uttering words that would con confound the literate, the scholar, the study, the learned people around them. And they also began to utter and speak and put forth words that were not of their native tongue, but instead were a received language. Because what happens when the Holy Spirit decides, I'm going to get my Holy Ghost on and I'm going to haunt the room, three things start happening. You got men, women, and children all in a room, and some of them start running, spinning, jumping, dancing, and hollering. Others are on their face, sobbing, weeping, looking like they are just tapping out in life's race, and they are because the glory of God is on them. And then in those both groups, in those camps, is a third thing that is happening, and it's called the gifts of tongues. So you want to talk about words on fire. You want to talk about prophecy. You want to talk about the word on fire. There ain't no other word that is on as much fire as the gift of tongues. So much so it's actually described as tongues of fire dancing above their heads. Pastor Matt, do you actually believe this? Yes, I do. How can you be so certain? Friends, I'm giving my life for it. You think this is a hobby? <laughs> I'm giving my life for it. We've given our marriage for it. We've sacrificed for it. And we're going to keep doing it because serving God is the privilege of our life. Amen? And so I want to break this down real quick. So there's the first kind of tongues, which I think is fascinating. And I'm an avid tongue talker. And now... I do know people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who have discernment, who have other gifts, who are not yet people who talk in a divine tongue. I believe you were called to, I believe it's available to you, and I believe you have a unique relationship with God where he wants to take you on a journey of discovering him, not yourself, him, and that will eventually be unlocked for you. That's what I've seen, that's what I've read, that's what I've saw with my own eyes, and it's amazing. And I also know that often when you haven't received that at the moment you got filled with the Holy Spirit, for some people, God just wants you to simply sit, remain, wait until, and ask and receive. You know what I'm saying? We're just over here <laughs> privileged. God just gave it to me. I'm in America. Everything's given to me. Friends, can I tell you? I'm the most privileged man in this room. I am. But I'm not privileged because I'm white. I'm not privileged because 
I'm young. I'm not privileged because I come from wealth or anything like that, which is not my story. I come from abuse and fire. Well, there was a lot of money back then because they were drug dealers. But anyways, this is a different story, okay? It's not the kind of money you're talking about. It's dirty money. But I'm not privileged because I'm the pastor. I'm privileged because I understand what he saves me from and what he has saved me unto. And I'm privileged because I recognize that serving him, giving him my life is the highest privilege of it. So while the world wants to play identity politics, I'm going to raise a church that's walking in prophetic identities. You want to talk identity politics, I will raise a bride on fire that will scare you by how much like her bridegroom Jesus she is. And she won't be playing the game of identity politics. She'll be walking in her prophetic identity. And so, tongues. Tongues, like most scholars affirm, tongues is what is known as an indiscernible language for the celestial and the human. An indiscernible language for the celestial and the human. What's that mean? Good news, indiscernible for the celestial, which means peeping angels can't get in on what you and God are talking about. Sneaky little devils can't certainly get in on what you and God are talking about and try to rob you of it, steal from you, kill you out of it. He can't take it from you. The demons can't, the angels can't. Nobody else is let in on this in the celestial, which is what? Angelic created beings, fallen angelic created beings, the devil, all that good stuff. Simply put, understand? And then there's the human. The human also cannot on their own make out what is being said between your Holy Spirit on the inside of you speaking to God on the throne in heaven. It's a conversation he is having with himself to you, for you, and those around you. Amen? But humans, without being in Christ Jesus and, gift of interpretation, being acted upon by the Holy Spirit in you, we cannot discern that language. Is this making sense? But if we're in a group like this, Paul says, well, Paul is actually really gangster. He goes, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And I'm like... Yeah, you do. My man. Greatest verse. I love it. I speak in tongues more than all of you. Keep going, Paul. You got a future in this. But then he follows that up by saying, tongues are for the edifying of the saint and the church, the building up of, the tearing down of strongholds, and the building up of. But in its proper place, you're either building yourself up in your heavenly language. Again, it is a divine conversation between the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and God in heaven. That's amazing. Again, I will say, you are privileged. Second, the Holy Spirit on the inside of someone else is getting a divine interpretation, whether it's for you, the word that's being spoken between heaven or it's for the congregation or the group of people of which you are in, well, that's when we allow interpretation. That's when we allow it to edify the entire church body. Does this make sense? So this is happening in Acts 2. The next thing that happens is this thing. Did Johan just go to the bathroom? Dang it. Okay. 
Johan is my, uh, my brother from another Colombian mother, and uh, he is awesome. Am I going to get canceled for that? I don't care. He is. My bro from another Mo. There's a second tongues that happens where suddenly people begin to speak in a language that they have not learned, they have not studied, but it's also not their given earthly language, where they begin to speak in these things. And so all of a sudden, a gringo ginger like me starts speaking in a specific cali Colombian dialect, and all of a sudden, I have a word for somebody, and I just go, Azul. Azul. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, God is trying to mess somebody else up, change their lives, radically reevaluate it, change it, set them on fire for the glory of God by saying to them in a specific Cali, Colombian dialect and Spanish, the word blue. One, this is a bit of an inside joke between me and the amazing Colombians. She thinks when I try to talk Colombian in Spanish, my dialect sounds like Pablo Escobar. I take that as a compliment, kind of. I'm going to hear about this. It's great. My wife's like, I got notes, bro. You can email them to Zach at takeovergr.com. But that's what begins to happen is in this moment, all these different people are around and they start seeing these things of God manifest in the room and suddenly what cannot be explained, not just indiscernible language taking place, but also these people are being gifted a native tongue that is not their native tongue. And they start speaking to things and all of a sudden it draws an even more crowd. And I don't know what took place in those 10 days, but what I do know what took place, all of it was remaining, was receiving and remaining. Some of them probably had to talk themselves into remaining like you're gonna have to talk yourself into remind yourself of the prophetic word given to you talk yourself into remaining in the prophetic stewarding the prophetic and some of you I hope not I pray not and I pray you fight like all of heaven's armies not but you may find yourself talking yourself out of staying and remaining and I would bid you please don't the kingdom needs you the earth needs you Jesus desires you to walk in the prophetic he wants you to co-create and co-labor with him. And then what happens next is, I love it, it begins to confound them. They're beginning, they're like, what in the blue crap is going on right now? And people are being confused and people are amazed and all these different things are happening. And suddenly the onlookers, the scoffers, and the mockers, they're all looking at him and they start making fun of him. But these are Jews. And what they say is very interesting as Jews. And we, miss, we, just, we just don't read our Bibles enough. Friend, read your Bible. Also, Johan, I just got done talking about Colombians. You, my man. Also, if you want to have dinner with the great people in church, Johan and Deanna, okay? Colombian fire. Talk about fire upon the bride. Fire in your mouth. Good, good, good Colombian food there, okay? Anyways, we have fun here. What ends up happening is these Jews, these onlookers, these scoffers, and these mockers, they start making fun. And they actually make fun of the words of Isaiah. You see, Jesus, he repeats the words of Isaiah later on in his ministry, but Isaiah goes on to say that new wine will come and fill the earth. And this is what Jesus talks about when he's talking about how you cannot put new wine in old wine skin. Do you remember this? 
and they start making fun of them going, oh, they must be drunk on that new wine. But they're Jews. So they've been raised in this. They know the letters of Isaiah. They're preached it, taught it, learning it, studying it daily. They're in synagogue all of the time. They would be familiar. So not only in this moment are they mocking God, they're mocking his word, his prophecy, and his people. Like I said earlier, the unburned will turn on the burned. The unburned will turn on the burned. And you just got to get used to the opposition. You've got to be more faithful in obedience than you are in fear of the opposition. More faithful in obedience than in fear of the opposition. Why? Because God's ordination only comes off the backside of your obedience to his orders. And so Peter being Peter is awesome. And people think I say stupid stuff. (laughs) This dude... He is the one who knows the privilege of his life as following Jesus. He denied Jesus three times that he knew him, including on the day Jesus was given up to be murdered. Okay? Same day. And it wasn't even to like a big hulking dude. It was to a little girl. A little girl came up and goes, hey, don't you know that guy? He's like, no, I never knew him. Mm, no. Didn't save me from drowning. Didn't cool, do cool things. Nada. Never happened. Three times. And yet, yet, hear me today, God's ordination is always on the backside of our obedience to his orders. Why? Because the prophetic word that Jesus spoke over Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Peter then in this moment steps up to bat, takes his place as the rightful head leader of the early church in this moment. Friends, God is more faithful than you are. We need to get as faithful as he is. Because in this moment, Peter steps up to the bat. He says something stupid. He really does. And right in the moment, he, he logics this out, which I think is hilarious. He goes, we are not drunk, for it's only 3 p.m. It's not 5 o'clock yet. It's only 3. Applebee's isn't even open. But that's what he says. That's his logic. Hilarious. Hilarious. But then what he says next is prophetic and amazing and changed the entire world. Hear me today. He changed the entire world. He then says, I'm going to quote the prophet Joel of the prophecy of which God gave him utterance. He says, in the end of days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Men and women alike will prophesy. Young men will have visions, old men will have dreams. All my male servants and my female servants alike will prophesy when I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Two things real quick on that. What that means is it doesn't matter who you are. It only matters whose you are. And you're either in Christ Jesus or you are apart from Christ Jesus. But in Christ Jesus, his spirit pours out on you and God will use you, male or female, to accomplish great prophetic co-laboring and co-creating things in the earth for his glory. Amen? Praise him for me. (laughs) 
We're going to get back to that, but there's two words that have ruined my life for the last 17 years of following Jesus. They are utterance and unction. Utterance and unction. Unction and utterance. Are you hearing me today? Two words that have ruined my life, and they pray they ruin yours. Utterance and unction. See, utterance, utterance by definition, especially biblical definition, is when something bubbles up on the inside of you. When you've been given a word, when you've been given a thought, when you've been given a notion, when you've been given a prophetic idea, a prophetic word, something for somebody else, for the church, for a nation, for a king, whoever. When God puts something on the inside of you, what's on the inside gives birth to an utterance. It means you speak aloud that which is inside of you. Hear me today. You're not just talking. You are uttering. You are giving voice to speaking aloud something that you've received. Not something that came from you. Not something that you gave birth to. Not something that you conjured up and thought of or had a great idea for. No. It's something that the Holy Spirit could have only placed on the inside of you. You had no prior knowledge. There's no way you could have known it. And yet God is using you as a vessel to unleash, speak aloud, a divine utterance. Well, Pastor Matt, how do you get that inside, that gift? Unction. Now, some of you today probably are unfamiliar with this word, and that's okay. It's mostly for preachers because if any of us are fans of the dead guys as I am, all I listen to and all I read and all I love are dead old guys. People who have actually given their lives to see great things happen in the earth for the cause of Christ. They'll tell you it's not enough to go to Bible college. It's not enough to be learned, steward, studied, learned person of the word. No, no, no. You've got to get some unction on the inside of you. What is unction? Unction is the act, the oily act of installing a monarch, a king, a lord, a priest, and a prophet. It's the act of anointing by oil. We have got to get an oil, an anointing, an unction on the inside of us that we can give utterance to. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Are you getting what I'm saying? If the Holy Spirit is being poured out on all flesh, if we believe the word of God in its entirety, he's either all of it or he's none of it, friends. He's either all of it or he's none of it. He is either a truth teller or a liar. And you've got to settle that with him. But if he is, and this is available to us, then we have got to get this unction on the inside of us. I'm talking this burden. I'm talking this groan. I'm talking this breaking, this swelling, this something on the inside of you that your heart is broken for a generation. Your heart is broken for marriages. Your heart is broken for the broken. Your heart is broken for broken limbs. Your heart is broken over cancer. Your body, you're just crippled on the inside because God wants to use his unction in the office of which he has called you to to give utterance to freedom, liberty, healing, and deliverance to all people worship team you can make your way up here am i preaching to anybody this morning is this making sense is this good so i love that the holy spirit in acts 2 dr luke who wrote the book of acts recorded all the events the same with his own gospel he puts this down he puts this down and He says, the Holy Spirit comes and falls on them. They begin to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance to. 
And then he goes, or then Peter goes, to say, I'm going to quote the utterance of the prophet Joel that God gave him utterance to. We could probably bring that pad down a little bit and just let it ride and it'll simmer, simmer. He says this, in the end of days, the spirit of God will fall upon all flesh and men and women alike will prophesy. Friends, the Bible's really clear. I don't know where we got stuck in the mud. I don't know how we've arrived at certain conclusions that we've arrived at. The areas that God has left mysteries to us are going to remain mysteries until we are with him in heaven and he's able to make divine sense of it. But everything else, he's incredibly clear on. And so I don't know, I wasn't even planning on this and you know, the, the great thing that Pastor Adrian did with all the women, that was amazing and I love it and that is how biblical womanhood should be celebrated. But we've got to understand, I don't know where all our CRC stuck in the mud guys got this idea because I've got like 15 verses easy that will tell you women can be in leadership, women can preach, women are called to it as long as there's male senior headship of the church above her. And this is one of them. Because this is what it means. You are a steward. You are a handler. You are a preacher. You are a dealer of the gospel. You have an unction on the inside of you, women, to give utterance to prophecy of the word of God. You do. God said it. Prophets said it. Jesus said it. Paul says it. Peter says it. Everybody affirms it. So let me put it to you like this so we can put this in a body bag and lay it to rest. I affirm the entire word of God. Sexual sin is sin. Straight or homosexual otherwise, sin. God's divine plan for men and women is marriage and sex within that relationship, man and woman. I affirm that. Gifts of the Spirit are for today. I affirm that. The written word of God is the inherent, infallible word of God. Perfect, able to rebuke and reprove, reprove and train up every saint. I affirm that. I believe the word of God. I believe that every tongue that will believe in their heart, confess with their lips, bow the knee, and give their lives to Christ as Lord and Savior shall be saved. I affirm that. Everything in there. I affirm that. And in fact, when Paul says that one thing, that one time to Timothy, it is about some ratchet hoochies who just got saved, who are trying to get righteous in the church because they love Jesus now, but they're coming out of Diana worship where their entire worship was involved in sexual activities. And so when they come into the church, all of a sudden, they're raising a ruckus. They're disrupting. They're being malcontents. They're insane because they don't understand, but they do love Jesus. And so Paul says to Timothy, hey, it's better if right now we just don't let that happen. Glory follows order, and we need to allow that to happen. Let them ask their husbands who have loved them and saved them out of sexual sin and lifestyle. And how do I know that? I read the book. How do I know that? Because the same church that Timothy is pastoring is the church that Paul started in Ephesus. 
grows to be a 10,000 person church. 10,000 people and you got a bunch of girls who were ratchet trying to be righteous. It's going to take some corralling. It's going to take some discipline. Paul is the same one who affirms female deacons and apostles through all of his letters. And you're going to tell me at one point in time he just changed his mind and decides to disobey the rest of the word of God? No. Stop. Quit being stupid. Would you stand? But the case remains this. Would you kill the lights for me? If I can get my pastoral team uh, to come up here, I don't know who's available. If I got Pastor Adrian, if I got Angie, if I got Zach, if I got Micah, uh, my large tent crew, uh, Hamza, if you're available, I don't know who else we got. I don't know if Rachel is being awesome somewhere, but if Rachel's around, I trust her too. But if you just want to come up, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to go into this last song, and well, we're going to believe for words of fire. That's what we're going to do. We're going to believe for words of fire. Words of fire that also, one, you would receive the gifts of the words of fire, but two, they would have a word of fire in which you are called to walk in, that you are called to receive. Because here's the thing. God told Joel, Ezekiel, and Isaiah all pretty much the same thing, that there will be a time when the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all flesh. Somebody say, all all flesh men and women alike shall prophesy young men receive visions old men receive dreams all so it doesn't matter how you are the condition in which you come to him with it matters whose you are if you're found in christ jesus or you're not this is for you in christ jesus And so this morning, I'm believing for a burning bride. I'm believing for a bride who will be burned, transformed, and forever changed. And you will know, you would know, you would know. Because once the word of God, the prophetic word of God has burned you, changed you, and transformed you, you would know if it has taken its work in your life by your ability to receive the word of God and steward it well. Some of us today, it's just simple. We've never heard this word. We've never read this part of the Bible. Our eyes are being opened for the first time. I thought that was for the snake handling on Tuesdays. I didn't understand this was something alive for today. This is not something that is normal in West Michigan. I didn't grow up in this. That's okay. Because Paul actually calls this in Hebrews elementary. This isn't even JV. This isn't college. This isn't even middle school. This is elementary. This is fresh out of diapers Christianity. And this is available to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, I'm going to pray. We're going to go into this last song. And if you want to receive words on fire, that's just what we're going to believe for. That's what we're going to ask for. That's what we're going to go for. Whether it's the gift of prophecy yourself, a greater measure of it. If you feel like you have a good understanding of it today and you can ask for it now. If you have confidence in the word of God, this is what this moment is for. If you've been needing a word for your future, a word for your marriage, a word for your life, your purity, whatever it is, your relationship. Just come and ask. Come and pray. And I believe today we will leave here 
with words that haven't only burned us, but words that will come from us that will burn those around us. Fire burns, changes, and transforms everything. And I believe there is a mantle of prophecy for this house, for your life, to be lived out, walked out in your workplace, your marriages, with your prodigal sons and your prodigal daughters, with your faithful sons and your faithful daughters, single or married, young or old, male or female. Today, today we're going after the prophetic. And I hope and pray I've done my job. But friends, the only way I can make your words on fire is if you take and receive what God said today. And just steward it well, amen. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to welcome you to come forward. Father God, I ask today, I ask for a divine unction upon this house, upon the old and the young. Come forward as you feel compelled. Don't wait. Don't worry about lines. We've got enough people up here. Just come forward if this is for you. Father God, I pray for a divine unction, an unction, an oil, something to bubble up on the inside of them. So deep, so radical, so courageous, God, that they would begin to get a hunger and a thirst for words that they know not of, that they have never uttered before, God. A divine language that the devil cannot understand and that the devil cannot steal, God. That people cannot talk them out of because people who are underneath the, the spirit of the age and flesh, God, cannot determine and discern what is being said. God, today, I ask for the gift of tongues, for the utterance to come. I ask for willing people who would say, God, God, I've longed to utter your words. Will you help me? God, I've longed to have an anointing on my life. Will you give it to me? God, I long for the oil, for the fire, for the new wine, God. I've longed to get in on what seems like a secret club for very few but pastor Matt just said you poured out your spirit on all flesh so God would you welcome me into this room to this bride to this people God of divine language prophecy tongues of fire words of fire God words that burn those around us for the glory of God that leaves them changed free found in liberty for the glory of God God, I am believing that there will be people in this room. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. Even if you think it's not, this is for you. There will be people in this room who will have prophetic words given to them to go to kings and presidents and tell them God has a word for you on how to co-labor in leading this nation, state, and town. There are single mothers in this room and parents in this room that God is giving prophetic language to right now, that he is saying, come, co-labor with me in raising your kids. That's you, you need to come get prayer. There are the sick, the downtrodden, the depressed, the suicidal, the mental unwellness, the broken in body, the broken in heart. God is saying to you, come, I have a prophetic word for you to co-create a mended heart to co-create a snap back into place limb, to co-create a fixed, holy mindset, the mind of Christ. Come and co-labor with me. I want to create that with you and in you.
Right now, God. 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 Prophetic words are being released. God wants to co-create your future with Him. God wants to co-create your ministry with Him. God wants to co-labor with you in your workplace. God wants to co-labor with you in your kids. God wants to co-labor with you in your marriage. God wants to co-create with you in your finances. God wants to co-create and co-labor with you this morning. Come, receive prophetic language. Receive words on fire. Ask for the gift of tongues. And let's edify ourselves, the body, and burn the world for the glory of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let us worship.